Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. As the great hymn proclaims, Thy Strong Word bespeaks us righteous, bright with Thine own holiness, with the great hymn that has the same name as our show. We gather this next hour around the gift of the Holy Scriptures and the Word made flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. The light shines on us today from Paul's second letter to the Church of Corinth. Now we are plugging into chapter 2. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. A special thanks this morning to Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. LHF distributes Bible-based, Christ-centered, catechetical resources around the world to point people to Christ in their first language. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Today, as we are looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, we are blessed to have Pastor Nathan Metter of St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin with us. Pastor Metter, welcome to Thy Strong Word. Good morning, Pastor Finneran. I was just doing a head count. I think you are now the seventh <laughs> new host to this program that I've broken in over the years. Well, um, good. lucky seven, I'll say that. How about that? <laughs> Either the, uh, as a, uh, maybe maybe what I should do I mean, if all my deer hunting friends up here can post uh, uh, trophy bucks on the wall, I should post uh, thy strong word hosts on the wall. You know, it'd be kind of fun. Well, take a picture and put it on our Facebook page. I'm sure that there would be <laughs> very well enjoyed by everybody. So that'll be fun. It's it's great to hear your voice again. Yeah. And uh, since I'm new here, I mean, yes, yep. number seven, I am, but I'm new. And there's maybe other new listeners here. And uh, you know what? As we join together, I mean, we know each other, but we know each yes. other now in this new venue together. That yes. Can you tell us a few things about yourself and the work of the saints in Plymouth? Well, uh, I am just, I'm almost finished with my 12th year in ministry here at St. John. Uh, St. John is a 2,000-member congregation about an hour north of Milwaukee, hour south of Green Bay. Uh, we have a school of just under 200 uh, and uh, uh, we uh, uh, we have been on the corner here at Stafford and Maine in beautiful downtown Plymouth uh, uh, since 1858. Um, and uh, so we, are, we we built the new church in 1890. Um, and uh, so we've we've been here. Uh, it's it's a phenomenal ministry. Uh, it's it's what you would call a legacy ministry. It's a unique one. There's only like 50 churches in Synod like it, uh, where we have a membership of over 1,500 in a town of less than 10,000. Um, hmm. So it's kind of unique. It probably the 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 most uh, the most uh, apt comparison is as a place like uh, Concordia Missouri where where you know you, you pre, you're hard pressed to find somebody who's not been touched uh, in one degree or another and you know if you've lived here any length of time in Plymouth you've had some contact with St. John and uh uh and it's, it's 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 a it's a legacy ministry and yet it's it's new and vibrant every day uh this last year has been a uh, been an interesting endeavor um just like it is for everybody uh, but what's been interesting is we were one of the first ones in town that reopened, um, and uh, it's it's been a fascinating witness in that way because um, uh, we have a number of our number of the congregations in town that have not reopened, and because of the the familial connections and, and uh, neighborhood connections, a number of folks who have been worshiping in other congregations for years have seen our members go to church every Sunday since the end of May. 
And what's been happening over the over the time is they've said, uh, we haven't been to church in a year. Can can we just come sit at your church? And what's interesting is they come and they come because they just want to go to church. Um, but it's remarkable when they hear when they hear a, uh, they say, that's not what we're used to hearing, and they start to listen, and they're moved. And uh, it's it's been an interesting uh, endeavor with a number of folks who said, yeah, maybe we were in the wrong place. So it's it's been a great blessing that way too. So um, there there've been there's been some silver lining to these gray clouds in the last year. Well, that, you know, I, I thought you were going to say when they say, "Can we just sit in your church?" You were going to say, "No, no, you just can't." Uh, no, 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 no. I, I am always open to refugees who are. I'm, I'm always open to refugees for the gospel. So uh, absolutely, no, yeah. it's amazing. The fruit of God's word and how He bears it in times such as these. And speaking of that, we're kind of um, looking at whoa, what's going on out there? Is on Thursday was my first uh, show mm-hmm. or episode, I should say, and it was interesting. I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out because we. I'm going to find out who's listening because it always says KFUO, you know, worldwide KFUO anytime, anywhere. And I'll say, okay, so who's listening? Because I don't know. And so I made a request of you, the listeners out there, tell me where you are, from what city and state, what you're listening, where you're listening from. And I ask for you to do that again today if you have not already done so. We've gotten quite a few emails. So send us an email today at kfuo at kfuo.org. Pretty easy email to remember there. kfuo at kfuo.org and tell us where you are from. So get this, Pastor Metter. We've had people just, you can write these down if you wish. Is uh, Illinois, Missouri, Colorado, Nevada, Florida, Montana, Kansas, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Texas, Virginia, um, Oregon, and uh, Sri Lanka, Colombo, Sri Lanka, and the tundra of Minnesota. What state is missing in this list? Wisconsin. (laughs) <laughs> Wisconsin, we can't be having this. I'll have, well, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to get after my Packer backers and and get on this show and and uh, because we, you know, we cannot allow the land of the Vikings and the Twins <laughs> and those ferocious Golden Gophers to one up us in the land of cheese and the Packers. And, and although I'm a Cardinal fan, so we're going to leave baseball out. Uh, but right. especially right. the mighty rugged Badgers. So That's right. We'll have to, That's we'll have right. to work on it. Well, I'll have to go to work on that for you, Pastor Finneran. Just give us something. Give us something here All in right. Minnesota. Anyways, Sounds but yeah, good. so if you are listening today, have not responded, and from a, I mean, you can be from any state. I mean, if it's a repeat, that is great to hear um, where people are listening from and hearing the Word of God. So we want to hear from you. So simply email kfuo at kfuo.org and tell where tell us where you are joining us. Sounds but today like we graphic, are here. Sounds like the graphic folks needs to do one of those maps. You know, like every once in a while on Facebook right. they put that up where, hey, I visited this state. We need we need to have one of those maps for Thy Strong Word. I agree. I agree. We we'll go. see how that. I don't know who to talk to yet. I haven't figured out who who's a person to talk to. We'll figure it out. But anyways, right. we are here to study the scriptures, Pastor Metter, and as we are about to do so, can you begin us in prayer? Sure. Let us pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, our heavenly Father, your word is is a living, active. Uh, breath of life which uh, brings us brings us to the uh, to the point of law and gospel the law that uh, that accuses the law that uh, that confronts uh, the, the law that kills and the gospel which speaks 
life, that breathes life into those who have thus been slain. We pray, O Lord, that uh, these these words would be uh, made alive by your Holy Spirit this day, that what we study this day, the the, the the, the text of the, the text, the discussion that goes around that would also be used by you uh, to draw those who listen to this program into a, a deeper understanding of of uh, their own sinfulness, their own need for a Savior, and the great joy of what you have delivered to them in this precious gift of the forgiveness of sins. Uh, uh, bless Pastor Finner and I in our discussion. Uh, take these these clay pots and use them to deliver this sound message uh, in this hour and always. We pray it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. So we are in Second Corinthians, and we are starting chapter two. We spent two episodes on uh, chapter one, which was. A lot of uh, gems, a lot of things to dig deep into, which was a blessing. And now we're just going to plow through the whole chapter of chapter two. So, Pastor Metter, mm-hmm. are there any introductory or background things you want to highlight before we dig in? Well, you know, one of the things, too, you got to remember that this, this is a second letter. Um, the first letter, and, and especially you start to hear some of the, uh, the language at the beginning of chapter two. Um, you know, the, first letter was not, the first letter was not a Christmas card. You know, if we if we read First Corinthians, uh, if you read First Corinthians, and then you get into the fact that there may be three or four letters, but we're just not that, that, that's that's a doctoral thesis. That's not a radio broadcast. Um, but but you see that there is that pastoral, and if you will, paternal um, uh, tone here, and and he is explaining himself in the first one. He's dropping the bomb. I mean, because they they deserved it. And he lets them have it, and, and yet, um, what we see then is, is Paul, you know, already in, already in in First Corinthians, but especially now in Second Corinthians, he is living out this 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 idea that he is while while they are a dysfunctional lot, that he has had to take to the woodshed theologically and and pastorally, they are still family, they are still his children in the faith. And and he is always, you know, he's he's basically there's almost a little not to oversimplify or, or make trite, but there is this there there is a little bit of tone in what we're going to study today that sounds a lot like you know the old the old 1950s routine when dad came home from work and had to spank had to spank the naughty child, and and he looked at them and and said, <laughs> hey, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Um, well, having been on the receiving end of that, I never believed it until I became a parent. You know, and you realize it does when when those who are your heirs, either you know chronologically or physically or spiritually, when they do rebellious, dumb stuff, it does hurt when you have to when you have to discipline. You know, it, you know when when and yet at the same time, yet at the same time, discipline is necessary. Discipline is is a fundamental component of love. You know, if, if the undisciplined child is an unloved child, and, and and in the same way, the undisciplined member of the body of Christ is unloved, and that goes against the nature of the head of our body, who loves us with an inestimable love. The one who says, "Greater love has no man than this," and I lay down my life for my friends. So, so you see this 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 paternalistic, in the best possible sense of the word, this pastoral approach. He says. I've had to speak to I've had to speak to you this way 
because you needed it, but I want you to understand that I still love you. And that, and that's kind of where we go. And then and then he moves us into that. You know, he he, he transitions into that to some of the some absolute golden stuff. Yeah, there's a few words that really strike you in Second Corinthians, and I've quoted this the first two episodes as Luther. In one of his works, just talked about how First Corinthians was like putting sharp wine into the wounds, mm-hmm. and Second Corinthians was like putting oil on those wounds for healing's sake. And yeah. I mean, it's a perfect. It, but we don't ever want to say that First Corinthians was all law. Clearly, it wasn't. And Second Corinthians isn't all gospel. But there definitely is that pastoral cure of souls, as you and I have experienced and speaking yeah. about, um, yeah. that is happening here, and it comes through in first chapter. Key words, comfort is is uh, the first seven verses. It happens 10 times. And then also deliverance, pointing us back to, um, obviously, Exodus and those kind of ideas. And so you look at it, chapter one is summed up there. Any last comments on uh, introductory before we just dig in here? We better dig in. We got a lot of, we got a lot of ground to cover here. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll begin in verses one through four. Reminder to all of our listeners that I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Letter from Paul to the church in Corinth. For I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? And what, what I, and I wrote as I did, so that when I came, I might not suffer pain and from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart, and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. So he speaks of a painful visit. He speaks of affliction. He speaks of all these things, even tears when he writes this. And and so give us some background on that, Pastor. Well, again, you know, again, if you remember, you know, as we, as he, you know, he's, he's in this relationship with the Corinthians and, and, and he had, as he as he starts to write these, as he as he starts to write these words of comfort, he's had to do that because he's, you know, he's had to take on the task. I mean, for, I mean, you had to be, you know, if you if you follow out of First Corinthians, you had abuses of the Lord's Supper, which are bad enough, but then you have a, then you have you have abuses within the body of Christ. You have rampant sexual immorality to a degree that, as as he would quote, that not that he would even make the pagans blush. And 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 this this does hurt. And, and and this is something where the listeners need to understand this. And 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 I know you 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 resonate with this too. Um, when when those in those under our care start doing this, it grieves our hearts too. You know, we we bear this in our we we bear you know we bear this ministry. Not just this is not just a job. This is, you know, this is not just a job. Of, you know, it, it, you know the old, the old, uh, uh, the old cartoons where where uh, Wiley e. Coyote and Sam the dog are, you know, are fighting over sheep, and then they clock out, and then they go play cards together. That's not that's not how it is. You know, it's 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 who we are, and and as as those those who are in pastoral care, like Paul is, like you and I are, like the brother pastors are. When when somebody does something that is completely out of bounds, not only do we have to, not only do we have to you know speak the clear word of God to it, but we bear it because we do. We care about the people who are entrusted to us, 
and and there is grief and affliction. I don't enjoy, you know, I, you know, I don't enjoy having to look at people that I know and love, and 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 correct them. You know, I don't enjoy that um, any more than I enjoy disciplining my children. And so, and and it was, it, it is of a, a magnitude, you know, because you know he's hearing this, you know, there there is that. You, you almost have that sense of some of that parental exasperation. I thought I taught you better than this. I thought I taught you better than this. But but and and yet he still, you know, as 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 hurt as he was, as as righteously indignant as he was in this whole process, you know. But but let uh, you know I, the way the way this section ends up. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart, with many tears, not to cause you pain. I'm not here to punish you. I'm here to discipline you, and and there's, and and you know, you have to be a parent to understand the difference. Punishment versus discipline. Punishment. I'm just simply, you know, do the crime, do the time. You know that that's 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 left hand kingdom. That's left hand kingdom. That's civil authority. You know, um, you know, if you get, you know, if I'm if I'm driving 85 miles an hour on 23 heading east into Sheboygan, and I drive past the Kohler exit, and that little car with the flashy lights come over. All he's going to do is pull me over and write me a ticket. He's going to pull me over and write me a ticket. Why? Because I broke the law. That's crime and punishment. You know, he's not going to he's not going to come up and say, "Oh, Nathan, you, you know, uh, you know." He he's not going to do that because he doesn't have that pastoral relationship, that parental, the familial relationship. Paul has that with the Corinthians, just like a pastor has that with his members. So so there is that 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 expression of love. You know, I, I don't enjoy this. I want you to know that I, I love you, and it's because I love you that I'm calling you to repentance. And it is a very important thing for us to realize, first of all, obviously, of your current pastor, because yeah. you're right, there are many times we would write a letter and we would say, I'm writing this with much affliction, um, even with tears. I mean, we have to admit that at times that we are just grieving when someone either leaves a church or it's clear they're not living in accordance with God's word, right. that you feel that. But also when we just, you know, peel back everything that Paul wrote, is that sometimes we can see him as really being um, very brash, very direct, very almost mean. Like, I don't like the mean parts of Paul or something. Yeah. But like like you said so well at the beginning, that this is a, um, that you have to proclaim the law. You have to, you have to proclaim um, the discipline, to give discipline at the same time to bring well, oil to those wounds. And he says it so well here at the very end, know the abundant love that I have for you. And like you said, you can't understand that unless you're a parent, or I'd say not even necessarily that, that, but it is something that you really understand when you're a parent because right. you have to do certain things and it's very emotional and very difficult and as a pastor as well. So he writes us in the painful visit that he had. And in the first chapter, it's kind of, he's writing, kind of saying, hey, you know, I couldn't make it there. I want to be there. I want to be with you. And now it kind of unfolds a little more that, he wants to be there, no doubt about it. He wants to make it there. But also when he's going, he's not exactly running to this because he knows that there's there's pain, that he's scarred. All this, it brings a humanist of Paul to the forefront. And that's something I think is very important for us as we look at the next few verses. But any last thoughts in the first four verses? Well, and I, I think that's at times, you know, this is it's important that we understand Paul has humanness, and so does your pastor. Um you know, and, and there are, there are, 
he he is going to feel these kind of emotions. He, you know, we are we are going to. Now, I don't want to elevate myself too highly, you know, to be the level of Paul, but at the same time, I you know, we have those same kind of feelings, and and it's and it, and sometimes, you know, especially when we when we are have committed to this to this this gospel ministry, you know, it, it's not just there there that's okay. You know, there are consequences, and there are, and, and it, and sometimes the consequences are that the people we love the most are the ones that hurt us the most, and and yet we need to be reminded as pastors that we love our people, and our people need to be reminded that that God, through His man in the place, loves them too. I'm into that. So how about with this? We go to verses five through seven, and we just have a few minutes here to cover. Let's say we have about three minutes, and then we'll obviously jump back onto this, because this is a very important piece of this, uh, of this text. So let's just read five through seven and get some introductory remarks. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Here Paul is, is speaking about forgiveness, and he's speaking about pain in the body of Christ. And how does he, how does he connect those things? And, and any background to this story? Well, you know, again, you're dealing with, you're, you're dealing with the body of Christ. And, and, and this is sometimes maybe hard for us as American Christians because we have allowed such an individuality into the expression of our faith. You know, it's it's me and Jesus, and I just happen to share it with some people that I sit with on a Sunday morning, and Paul's blowing that out of the water here. He's talking about the, the you know, the, 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 the church is a, it's not an organ, it's not an organization, I'll use my hockey lingo, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not an organization, it's an organism. It's a living, breathing body and, and there is an interdependence, and, and and you know Paul Paul loves his body theologies all over the place with this. You know it's all over the place in it. And when one part of the body suffers, the whole part of the body suffers. And and, and he wants you to understand that. You know, and he you know he he's been laying the smackdown on this sexual immorality and some of these other abuses that he's had to address. And and he's simply you know he's saying, okay, yes, it's hurt me, but it's done more damage to 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 all of you. It's damaged the body. You know, when one part of your body is broken or infected or diseased or non-functioning, the whole body is sick. And, and therein lies, you know, it's not, you know, we're not just simply lopping stuff off. We, there is the desire for healing and reconciliation. You want to heal the body when part of it's sick. And when the, when the body of Christ that is the local congregation is is wounded or broken or sick, there is the desire to there there is the need to apply the balm which heals the body, which then becomes, uh, you know, which which then becomes the the desire to reaffirm that love, which as we're going to see in this section then takes the place which takes takes part in the forgiveness and restoration and reconciliation that needs to go on. Um, uh, so the goal is not again this is that goal is not just to punish but to discipline, and the ultimate goal of discipline is restoration. And as we about to go to the break, it is important for us to remember that we are all in this together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as Luther even talks about it, if you stub your little toe, it tends to affect the whole 
body. And so this is something for us to remember, but also how much he points it to forgiveness and who this sinner is that he is forgiving and what is our role in that as well. So many gems to dig into, but we have to take a break. Um, we are studying 2 Corinthians chapter 2 with Pastor Nathan Metter. We'll be right back. In 2020, the world was blindsided. At the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, we quickly refocused on how to best serve the church. Our COVID-19 response team took action, reaching out and listening to our borrowers. In response, we offered a number of financial remedies that allowed our borrowers time to stabilize. We also provided online streaming kits for churches, gift cards for food pantries, financial support for LCMS church workers, and much more. Life's not yet back to normal, and that's why we're still here for you. Visit lcef.org to learn more. Cross Defense is the show where we talk about curious topics to excite the imagination, equip the mind, and comfort the soul with God's Word. Join me, Pastor Tyrell Bramwell, every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio, or anytime on KFUO.org, or even your favorite podcast app. My friends, our foe is a fierce enemy. Our only defense is Christ on the cross. Our listeners and supporters are talking about Worldwide KFUO. Hello, I just want to thank KFUO for their music and the scripture reading. Just listening to KFUO brings joy and peace and hope. God bless you all. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back. We are still plugging through 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We've made it through verse 7, probably have more things to cover even with those uh, blessed verses. But also I wanted to highlight for you, Pastor Metter, that we have yet to receive an email from someone from the blessed state of Wisconsin. So I don't know what it takes, but here we go. What do you think? We're going to have to get on this. We'll We'll have to tune some people up here. Yeah, everybody's yeah. just grieving. He didn't have a game yesterday, so no one knows well, what to do in Green Bay. Yeah. Well, that that that's true. You know. Well, we. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we. No, we had we had a game to watch. We wanted to make sure that the Bears didn't win. That's true, and they definitely did not. But here we go. We are we are five through seven. We just finished verse seven in this, and it is it is interesting. To he speaks about forgiving the sinner. And he talks about pain, but we're all affected by this. And now he directs him in verse 7 that you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. This sounds like a, a soul issue. This sounds like something there's a major concern here. Um, reflections on what they're talking about with this sinner. Well, you know, what again, you know, this is, you know, it's highly likely connected to the, the one who was caught in some of the most grievous sexual immorality if they've if they've been cut and they are truly repentant 
you know, the idea behind this, again, when we forgive, for, forgiveness is the healing within the body, um, within the body of, of, of it's, it's, forgiveness is important for the healing of the physical body. It's even more, it's more important for the, for the reconciliation healing of the body that is the local congregation. And again, the goal in addressing sin is never to punish, it's to call to repentance. It's, it's restoration and forgiveness. Because if we don't, if we don't move to that, then, then all we're doing, I mean, we are, we are excluding, we are excommunicating, we are with, with no desire, with no opportunity for, for and hope of deliverance, which is, which is hellish. And the idea is to bring is to win the brother over. I mean, that's that's the way Jesus laid out this whole forgiveness stuff in the Gospels. All right, the 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 idea is we 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 are not just here to make you miserable. We're not just here to make you miserable. We are here to we are here to call you to repentance and move you forward, and to give you comfort. Yes, that that Christ still loves you, Paul still loves you, and we still love you, and 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 that is that's that's the ultimate goal. And, uh, you know, is, and, you know, and the other thing is, you know, as we, as we deal with forgiveness and forgiveness is, forgiveness is not just essential for the one caught in sin. Because remember, you know, we are the ones sinned against, so we too are grieved and a slowness to forgive or a failure to forgive also then runs the risk of poisoning our own souls as well. Uh, you know, uh, you know, in, in, because we are indeed interconnected, just like the body. You know, uh, you know, when when that little toe hurts, and when you when you stub the little toe on the coffee table, or probably the twenty. Could you imagine what he would write in the twenty? You know, in the twenty first century, he'd be stepping on a Lego at three a.m. with a bare foot. You know, that kind of thing. And and um and and as a result, you know, we want the body breaks down, and we want to res- the the goal is always the restoration of the body. And and so so, just like you don't turn on your own part of your body, you know you but you you nourish it and heal it. That's what we are to do within the within the congregation. And this is you know points us back to Jesus as he speaks post resurrection. He mm-hmm. appears to his disciples who were probably dealing with excessive sorrow, like this forgive the sinner that they are to forgive. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Peace be with you." Says it twice and says, "As the Father sent me, I'm sending you." Um, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. In this scenario with this um, individual, clearly there's repentance. Clearly this is not a time where you beat him down with the law more and say, well, you know, remember what I said in the first letter, you know, this uh, you didn't do so well. Here it's an exhortation to forgive. But forgiveness, I mean, here's the thing that's kind of interesting. I think sometimes we think forgiveness is easy. I mean, Jesus even says this, it's harder to forgive or is it harder to have this man stand up and walk? Um, But, you know, forgiveness can be difficult. Can you talk about that a little bit? Why is forgiveness difficult? Well, okay. Uh, Let's just, you know, if if you think forgiveness should be easy, then you just need to go look at the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, forgiveness was not hard, you know, forgiveness uh, is going to be hard because the, uh, the point at which forgiveness is authored is the cross. Arguably the, you know, well, no, without, without arguing, without arguability, uh, the single most heinous way that humans have ever decided to end the life of another human being. Hmm. You know, forgiveness is hard because, and, and again, 
what not only is it physically hard as we look at as we look at um you know the hands and feet of jesus the nails the the the, the spear mark the 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 thorns okay so yes that's hard but it's also it's not just physically hard it's it's hard at the soul level as well because when we are sinned against we are wounded and in our humanity we don't want you know in in our humanity forgiveness you know, and in many times in our day to day, forgiveness is seen as a sign of weakness. Mm. If you mm-hmm. for, if you forgive your enemy, if you forgive your enemy, you're weak, because you know not you know you want to get even. Well, but the problem is when when sinful human flesh wants to get even, they never want to get even. They want to be up one. Nobody wants to end the game in a tie. You know, I always want to have one more. I want always want to be one more. I want to be one ahead of you. So instead of forgiveness, we we seek retribution or vengeance, which Paul would also say to a different group of people, is not ours. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So the idea behind this is to is this is this restoration of the body, and it is hard because we're the ones sinned against. You know, if if we are sinned against as the body, you know, we can't get. You know, it's going to require us to bear this in us in the same way that Christ bore the burdens of our sin in him. This is where we're this is where we are most Christ like is when we are forgiving rather than seeking that pound of flesh. Well, Lord have mercy. Um I'm thinking about the parable of the unmerciful servant. You know, you receive more forgiveness than you can ever imagine in the world and you're you're mad at someone because they didn't pay you back for your soda that they bought, you know, you bought for them. Exactly. Um, so you have that dynamic. And also I think about forgiveness a lot. And it, it thankfully it does come from the blood of Jesus because if it came from us, we, like you said, we want to one-up people because if I forgive you, what that means is I can't bring it up anymore. Right. And I don't like that idea. I want to hold that over your head because you wronged me. But if I wronged you and I ask for forgiveness and you forgive me, oh boy, do I hope and pray you never bring it up again. So it's kind of this, it's this, it's this reality of our, our sinful self. And it brings us back to this congregation where if you read it and you don't see the angst and the reality and the humanness of these letters, um, it, you don't realize how much goes into forgiveness and how difficult it can be over simple things for us, which then points us to a very complex situation here. Because if it is that man from First Corinthians that was a pretty, like you said, it was in the level of what pagans would be doing. And so if he does it, they're going to be like, well, I don't know if this guy's sincere enough, which is always a fun, how do you test sincerity? Um, is he, uh, the is he theology of the to- adverb. The <laughs> theology of the adverb. It's one of, you know, I, I realize that there might be listeners that get me into, it's one of the, I, I, I have this little cringe anytime nice. I hear the words heartily and sincerely and I want to go. Mm. I, just, I just have this little cringe because, okay, who's going to make the call whether I'm heartily and, and sincerely, you know? And 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 <laughs> so that that I, I I ooh I get really really nervous when when the adverbs come in, especially when well, it comes to confession and absolution. Absolutely. And so I will definitely make it a point every episode with you to bring up something. <laughs> Are you really sincere about that, Pastor? Yeah, so, that's right, you pietist. You. We, we, will, we will continue <laughs> on <pietist>. here. <laughs> yeah, I feel guilty about everything. Okay, that's verses right. 8 through 11. Let's continue on. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. 
for this is why I wrote, that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his design. So he he just kind of, he unveils even more to this. So uh, lead us in this, if you will. Well, well yeah, this, is, this is what the devil does. The devil doesn't want you to remember God's mercy. He wants you to remember your sin. And, 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 and as a result of it, you know, this is where, um, th- this is where, you know, it, that it drives us back. And we realize that, that, you know, this is where, this is the God who remembers our sins no more. It doesn't mean he does have, it doesn't mean that he has amnesia or, or dementia. It means that he has, he has dealt with them and he's choosing to, he, he's choosing to lay the consequences for those sins on somebody else, Jesus. Okay. And if he's going to do that, if he's going to do that, so do we. So do we. Uh, And I can't, you know, I can't be in the, you know, we we cannot be in the remembering business on the sinful side. And we we can't, uh, we can't have selective memory. I want, I only want to remember what's good for me. Okay, so when I when I'm thinking when I'm remembering me, I want to remember the forgiveness that Christ offers. When I'm remembering you, I want to I want you to remember every debt you owe me, including that soda that we lost on the you know on the, on in, in, in the in, in the bet between the Vikings and the Packers or whatever you know those kind of things. Uh, and 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 yet he and 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 understand you know this is this is where you know and, and it's 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 interesting that you see the word obedience in mm. conjunction with forgiveness. You know, and yet, and notice where the obedience flows from. It flows from mercy. It's not, I'm, you know, it's not, forgiveness is not causal. It's resultative. Okay. Why am I, why am I forgiving my brother? Because Christ has forgiven me. You know, know, as a result of this, why do I confess my sins? Why, Why do I confess my sins? I do not confess my sins in order to coerce God to forgive me. No, I confess my sins because I know him to be that God who is slow to anger and abounding in love. And he has promised and he has fulfilled living this out for me. And, and, and therefore, I'm, as, as, I've, as I've been baptized into Christ, as I put on Christ, as I'm reflecting that new image of Christ that he has put on me in holy baptism, I, you know, if I'm going to hang on to stuff, I, I, the, this is the obedience of faith which responds, uh, which responds to others as Christ has responded to us, and, and that's and that's a that's a huge thing in everything, including the hard stuff. You know, it's easy to be it, it's easy to be a Christian when everything's going well. It, you know, and and when all of a sudden though someone sinned against me or or the world starts cranking up the heat on us as the church, okay, uh, we we don't get to fold under that pressure. You know, there are things that God, there, there, there are things that we do to be that called out body that is the church. And he says here in verse 8, I want to, you to reaffirm your love for him. So, so the forgiveness piece is part of obedience to our Lord because he is merciful and just, right? Mm-hmm. And then right. the same time, it, to reaffirm your love for him. And how do you do that? By forgiving him. Yep. I'll give you a simple 
thought on this is I remember when I was in seminary that there was a time where I said too much when I was with a buddy, you know, it just kind of went over the line. I don't know what it was about exactly, but and this is the power of this actually is I said something that I shouldn't have. And, and, uh, I saw him the next day at class and I just went to him and say, you know, I'm sorry. I, I said too much. Da, 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 da. And he goes, wait, what are you talking about? And, <laughs> and I said, no, I, you know, I said this and I shouldn't have said this. And then he kind of, he laughingly said to me, oh, well, you're forgiven. And that is a powerful thing, one, to show one that he cared about me in many ways, okay? And then secondly, it showed a restored relationship. You know, this is ministry of reconciliation that we have. And he speaks here that I forgive not only for your sake and not for, for anything has been for your sake. He forgave me for my sake, even though it didn't affect him. Right. And then finally, in verse 11, this is when we are able to for, forgive sins and move on from sins, you completely go against Satan. And he just, you know, you outwit the guy because he wants, as you said, he wants you to remember all your sins. So you go away from the mercies and grace, mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus. And so all this really comes together, which is the powerful thing as a church that we gather together. And the first thing we do besides singing and the invocation is we confess our sins and God who is merciful and just will for, forgives our sins and, and, and gives us the full salvation in him. So all this, I, this is one of my favorite parts of this. Well, definitely today is the idea of forgiveness being a major part or the part of who we are as Christians. Last thoughts before we move on to triumph. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, you sit there, you know, I sit in my premarital counseling site, you know, sessions. I've got several couples, you know, uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve was a productive day for the jewelry business in, in our area. So, and I've got these young couples that are all sitting down with me now and we start having these discussions. And one of the biggest things I tell you, you know, as husband and wife, you know, as family, the most, the three most important, there, there are three critically important words that you need to say to each other often. Uh, and, and it's not, I love you. It's, I forgive you. Because that's the core of what it means to love. You know, when you find, you know, and I, I tell them, I, I jokingly tell my young people, I say, when you find somebody who knows everything about you and still wants to hang out with you for the rest of your life anyway, that's the one you marry because that's the one who has forgiven who you, you know, who, who has forgiven the parts of you uh, and, and, and that, that you can't even find lovable in yourself. And they love you for them. And so that's 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 the ultimate mark of love is when, is when I choose, I, I because I love you, I'm not going to punish you as your as your sins deserve. I'm going to forgive and restore us. I'm going to forgive and restore us for the sake of for the sake of the gospel. Well, and we'll just move on because he moves on from there and puts on understanding of triumph in Christ, gives us the heart of the gospel. Now he speaks about triumph. And I think I'm going to do this, Pastor Metter. I'm just going to read the rest of the verses 12 through 17. Sure. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was open for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who is in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the sum, we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, 
peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. So many powerful words here, Pastor. What direction do you want to take oh. Oh, you know this. You know this. This this whole concept. You know, you know. You sit there and and what, what's what? what if, the initial verses that strike me is the fact. Okay, I got a plan. God had different plans. But wherever mm-hmm. we are, wherever we are, we're in triumphal procession. Why? Because of Christ. He leads us in the. You know. The, you know. This is this is an illusion. This is something the Corinthians would have seen. You know, at one time or another, because this is kind of a little bit of a reference to a, a, a military. You know, when when you when you have this con- You know, when you're conquered. You know, in the ancient world, the, the 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 ultimate sign of victory is when they march. When they when the enemy marches down your main drag. You know, as mm-hmm. I. It, you know, I, I've always, I was, I was thought of this. You know, you really want to, you really want to see. Um, you know, when we, uh, when the Packers win the Super Bowl, we have, we have the, uh, we have the, 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 the parade in Green Bay. You know, if this were the ancient world, we would have the parade. You know, we, w- we would have had the parade in Pittsburgh. The last time the Packers mm-hmm. won, you know, they beat, they beat uh, the Steelers in the Super Bowl. You know, to sign, uh, you know, imagine how uh, in your face that would be. You know, and, and wow. that's really that, that that's really what it is. You know, when we are going about being the forgivers in the world, you know, we are in this in this triumphal procession, and we are marching in victorious formation right through the heart of enemy territory. And the enemy can't do anything with us because he's been defeated. You know, that aroma of Christ. You know, here here again, this this the aroma word. All of a sudden. This has got to send you flying back to the temple. You know, this has got to send you mm-hmm. flying back to the temple because, you know, or or any of the Old Testament because, you know, how 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 did, what happened? You had the sacrifice. You had the sacrifice, and and they would take this, they would take the ox or the lamb or or, or whatever, they would throw it on the fire, and it would it would sizzle up, and 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 it would and it would the the, the aroma of that sacrifice would would fly up to the face of God. And when you understand it, the Hebrew word for face is actually nostrils. Okay, so he would hmm. smell it. Mm, you know, you sit there. You know, Charlie Murphy's cooking Johnsonville brats. You know, and and, and you just that wonderful smell, and, and it and it brings joy to to God. So we are when we are in the world, going wherever it is, whether it is whether whether it is coming to where I thought Titus was going to be, or I'm going to end up in Macedonia, or whether I'm going to end up with you, or whether I'm going to end up in Plymouth, or whether I'm going to end up and and. Wherever we are, we are to be that fragrant aroma, that living sacrifice stuff that he talks about to the Romans, um, you know, among those who are being saved and among those who are being who are perishing, you know, because we understand that that as we live and move and have our being, you know, we are that we are called to be this living sacrifice to support the body of Christ. You know, in this this loving, caring, forgiving relationship, this restorative relationship, making the local body of Christ stronger, but also a living sacrifice on behalf of our neighbors who are indeed perishing, who don't know who Jesus is. You know, so that so that as we live out this sacrifice of praise, as we live out this this sacrifice of of, of confession and absolution, forgiving, restoration type stuff, we have others around us that that see that aroma, they smell it too, and say, "Ooh, can I have some of that?" You know, and that's where that's where not only are we strengthening the bonds within the body of Christ, we're adding to it by that fragrant aroma of Christ by the way we live so that 
so that we are you know, so that we're we're confronting and calling to repentance and bringing them into the body as well by the work of the Holy Spirit. And this points us once again to the forgive the sinner piece of this mm-hmm. is because if his sin was just as bad as the pagans that how would a pagan deal with sin? And I'm not sure, you know, I'd have to do a lot of research on that. I'm not sure if you even find it. But even in our world today, when we think of forgiveness, people don't forgive. It's, oh, water under the bridge, don't worry about it. I didn't even remember it, which always leaves everyone on edge. But right. here, he connects it to, I, I believe, to the forgiveness of sins. And so what is that fragrance of knowledge of him everywhere? It's not just knowing Jesus, which is scripturally founded, but knowing of what Jesus gives, and then therefore what we can give to one another. Because there's no greater, quote, aroma, I suppose you would say, than when we stand in brotherhood, sisterhood, and the forgiveness that is founded in Christ. And I find it interesting, too, here, Pastor, is this is a passage I think I want to use, because we will use Matthew 5, you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth, We'll talk about other imagery that is there, but this one, I, I guess I've never I never used it. Told people, you are the aroma of Christ. Have you ever used that? No, I haven't. But, you know, <laughs> you, you think about it, you, you think about it, you, you know, okay, you know, in, in about the, you know, the, the eight and a half minutes that we have of summer in our climate, you know, <laughs> there is nothing in the world. You, know, you walk outside about three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon, you know, and and the the the, the charcoal has been struck. The gas is the you know, and and one neighbor is doing chicken, and the neighbors, the other neighbor is doing bratwurst, and the other neighbor is doing hamburgers, and somebody down the street, the high rent part of the street, they're having the T-bone steak, and and it just you just go, you just walk out and you go, oh, there's just something incredible about it, or or or, or when you walk into a, when you walk into the bakery, mm. and and your nose just you just go. And you're looking at this huge case, and your nose is overwhelmed. Or you walk into the coffee shop, or you, or you, you know, whatever. You know, and you think of those places where you walk in, and you, you, your first initial reaction is, oh, I just want to soak it all in. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and it draws you back in. Or you walk into Grandma's house when she's baking bread. You know, there's something about that. You know, you just hit with that aroma, and you go. I once, you know, all of a sudden your heart and your mind is, okay, I want a slab of butter and I want a big old whack of that bread and just, just let me just stick my face in it, you know, and, and, and that's where, you know, as we live this out, especially, especially when, when you have this fragrance of life that is, that is, that, that is covering or is, is so much in, in uh, juxtaposition to the, the stench of death which is all around us, you know, and, 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 you know, or you sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, you're smelling all the smells and all, you get that sweet fragrance and you go, oh yeah. And it catches your attention, you know, and that's, that's how we're to live is the, the aroma of Christ, you know, to, 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 to catch people's attention. Yeah. So, so what this rules out, what this rules out is jerks for Jesus. You know, you, you know, you know, it, it, you know, we, you know, we can't be, you know, you're not a fragrant, you know, if you're sitting there keeping score on your neighbor, you know, or, 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 well, he can't come in here because he doesn't look like us. Or, you know, maybe he's in church and he didn't take a bath this morning. You know, that's, that's not okay. You know, and, and, and it, it's confrontive to us because we are not always the, the aroma of Christ. You know, so often we smell like, you know, we, you know we, we, we smell like the barn because we've been in it. 
So with a, about two minutes here, Pastor, how would you sum up this wonderful chapter of Scripture? Forgive. It's hard. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, forgive. It's hard. But it's what we've been given to do. You know, it, it's one of those things. There's so much other thing. You know, you know, one of the things we do in the body of Christ is we sometimes end up majoring in minors. You know, we, we, we get we get into our we get into our intramural arguments about the periphery and we lose the core of who we are. You know, and this is one of the reasons why it is so critical that we are in the divine service every week because it's that grounding of the restored relationship with between us and God and the restored relationship in the body of Christ. You know, so so it's not just me coming to get my forgiveness. It is me being reminded that I'm part of the body that is also forgiven, and there is forgiveness and love that holds us together as a body. This is our, you know, you know, to use a to to use a Star Trek reference. This is a this is our prime directive. You know, their prime directive was don't meddle. Our prime directive is forgiveness. This is what we are. Everything everything we are and about are ultimately about the restored relationship between us and God, and the restored relationship that flows from that between within the body of Christ. That's what God calls us to. And as Paul tells us, who is sufficient for these things? Well, none of us, because it is all a gift from our Lord Jesus, and Lord, help us to be the aroma of Christ and his forgiving grace in all that we do. Pastor Nathan Metter is pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin, helping us today in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Pastor Metter, thank you for being our guest. My pleasure. Nice job, Brooke. Let's keep it up. Hey, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. God bless. As we move forward as God's people, we speak in the sight. We speak in Christ everything we do and to be the aroma of Christ. I'm your host, Pastor Brady Finnern of Messiah Lutheran Church of Sartell. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.